hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. This is our first podcast of 2020, and I just want to take a moment and thank you for having a listen each week and for tuning in because without you, none of this works, right? So how would you like to stay in a castle but not have to travel all the way to Europe to do it? Well, it's not a real castle in the historical sense, but it's pretty cool B&B designed to give you a royal experience. It's called Ryan's Castle, located near Edmonton, and in a few minutes we're going to talk with the owner to find out more about it. And if doing a little more adventuresome travel is one of your New Year's resolutions, we got some ideas for you from the folks at Bike Hike Adventures. But to start things out, we're going to chat with the author of a new book. It's called I'll Never Grow Up. The Bare Necessities of Planning Your Disneyland Vacation. The title pretty much says it all, doesn't it? The author is travel agent Renee Sang, and her website is reneesangtravel.com. She joins us now to talk all things Disneyland. Hi, Renee. Hi, Randy. I wish I had this book uh, last year because uh, we took my children to Disneyland, <laughs> and it would have been nice to know some insider tips. But uh, how many times have you been to Disneyland now? Well, not as many as I would like, but I do try to go every year, every uh, 18 months kind of thing, at least, I guess, 10 times, which is probably more than most people. But at the same time, it's not as, again, not as many as I would like. Mm -hmm. Well, in the industry that you are, it's probably a good idea to go there every year because it does evolve. It does change, right? Yes. Well, there's always new things, new, and especially now in the last few years, they've added new lands and new attractions and new experiences, and they're always trying to keep things fresh. So even if you've been last year or two years ago, if you were to go, you know, on an upcoming vacation, there's always new things to experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so is this book for uh, people who have never been to Disneyland or people who haven't been for a while or can anybody kind of take tips from it? Well, it's it's a little bit of everything. Um, Ideally, it's for those who've never been before or those who haven't been in a long time because things have changed. So if if it's been 10 years since the last time you've been, everything is different now. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so... It's, it's for if you haven't been in a while, but even if you, you do go regularly, there's a lot of little tips. There's a lot of, um, a little bit of background and stuff that a lot of uh, people who have been to Disneyland didn't know about, you know, didn't know about some of the inspiration behind this land or this ride or some of these things that you're, you're there and you enjoy it, but you, you may not have known why it was there or why it existed or what the inspiration behind um, everything was. There's so much nostalgia and history in Disneyland that I think people forget there's, you know, um, that I wanted to just kind of bring a little bit of, of that into the book as well, because um, everything in Disneyland exists for a reason. Walt Disney had a reason for that to be the way it was. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I wanted to, to kind of share that a little bit because I don't want that ever to be forgotten. So let's cover some of the things that you cover in the book, the, some of the uh, practical things. I, I imagine that this, uh, some of the chapters that come up are questions you get from your clients that you're booking to Disneyland, uh, things like when's the best time to go and when's the best age and all those things, right? Right, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how the book started was, you know, a lot of these are commonly asked questions. And I found that, um, you know, with Disney World, there's so many more questions, and, and that's one thing in itself. But Disneyland, I found, I mean, it, it doesn't require as much pre-planning. But at the same time, there's not a lot of resources out there because it, it doesn't need it. But at the same time, people still ask. So that's kind of where a lot of the questions, yeah, like how many, how many days should I spend on there? And what parks should I go to? Um, or how many, you know, when's the best time to go? And where should I stay? And, and sort of the most commonly asked logistical travel agent questions 
Um, so I, that's where the book kind of takes on that perspective of, mm-hmm. of, of as a travel agent, this is what I know. Um, and, and from personal experiences, from clients, it helps kind of answer some of those questions for those families. Yeah, when it comes to crowds and costs, timing is important, right? If you don't like the crowds, then, you know, travel in the off season. Same with the cost that is a little bit cheaper. And mm-hmm. use the technology, like the fast passes, and there's the apps now. Uh, we were there last year. My wife was amazing with it. She knew exactly when we got to go here to get it with our fast pass there. And if, and if you're on the ball, you can really see a whole lot in one day. Oh, exactly. If you just know a couple of those things ahead of time, definitely. You don't want to, you know, the tragic thing is if you spend this much money to go and you, you don't want to get there and go, oh, I wish I'd known that ahead of time. You know, so you, you want to know as much as you can beforehand to be able to give you the best experience possible. Well, I think and you're right, too, when it comes to uh, just being a magical place. And I know that phrase is used constantly w- with Disneyland. Uh, it truly is. Once you walk in that park and you just sort of let your ma- uh, mind, you know, just fall into the whole magical experience, it is really wonderful, you know, and, and you don't worry about the crowds. Like, so what if you have to wait five minutes or ten minutes here? So what? <laughs> Enjoy it, right? right? Exactly. It, it truly is a place where you can escape, you know, escape to um, and just, be yourself or be in the moment, be present, enjoy. Um, and I think, you know, people don't realize, too, that Walt Disney actually made Disneyland for adults, not for kids necessarily, but for adults because we forget to be a kid. Mm-hmm. We forget to just simply enjoy. Okay, so. give me one or two tips to someone that hasn't been to Disneyland yet. Well, Disneyland is, is more than just finding the best lights in the best hotel kind of a thing. Whereas if you're going to any other city, sometimes you're just looking at the best lights in the hotel. Disneyland is more than that, is, is the experience. So definitely work with somebody who is familiar, who can give you those insider tips um, and, and help you maximize the experience. Because it really is about the experience that you get. It's, it's more, so much more than just a trip. But also to, um, to use the MaxPass. That MaxPass at Disneyland is a paid service that pays $15 a day per person. But with that, like you said, you, you have access to all the fast passes on your, from the convenience of your smartphone. Um, if you don't have it, you can still use FastPass. You just have to go to the chaos to put in your paper FastPass and get a paper fee, you know. So you're just you're kind of wasting more time running around the park physically. But with MaxPass, you have all the, you know, from your phone, everything you need to know about what's going on that day, when your MaxPass, when your next FastPass is. You can do mobile ordering. You can get all your photos from your smartphone with included in your FastPass. So take advantage of all that for just a little bit of extra cost. Um, it can really make your... Uh, life a lot easier in the parks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, use a, uh, a experienced travel agent and buy your book, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm <assuming. laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> you can uh, get it on Amazon. Uh, the book is called I'll Never Grow Up, The Bare Necessities of Planning Your Disneyland Vacation. I like the bare necessities because that is a, <laughs> a Disney line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Renee Sang, travel agent and author of that book, and her uh, website is lifeistooshorttostayhome.com. Uh, pleasure chatting, Renee. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Randy. So how would you like to stay in a castle but not have to travel all the way to Europe to do it? 
Well, it's not a real castle in the historic sense, but it's a pretty cool B&B designed to give you a royal experience. It's called Ryan's Castle. It's located near Edmonton, and the owner is Barbara Ryan. She joins us now to tell us more about it. Hi, Barbara. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm looking at your website, Ryan's Castle B&B. It looks amazing. Tell me uh, how this whole idea came about. Actually, it didn't start out as a castle. We built the, the main house that's the part in the middle. And then we decided to add a pool a couple years later. So we built one wing off to the, the north. And then it didn't look very symmetrical, so we put another wing off to the south. And it was my family's idea to add battlements to the top uh-huh. to make it, give it a castle theme. So that's what we did, and that's well, how it came out. Well, it certainly does look like a castle in the middle of the prairies. Tell me where it's located. It's located 15 minutes northwest of St. Albert at 55018 Range Road 265, Sturgeon County. So tell me uh, some of the details on uh, the inside. Again, it looks, it's just amazing. Like, so like, where did the idea come to make it into a castle then? My family, my uncle uh, has an apartment next to a uh, castle in Italy. Um, the one that Tom Cruise got married to Katie Holmes in. Uh-huh. And um, we traveled there often and stayed there. And my inspiration came from a lot of the castles in Italy and especially that one. So how big is it? My castle is, the main part of the house is 4,200 square feet. And then each wing is just over 2,000. And then we have a 3,000 square foot venue going into the back. It's under construction. Wow. Uh, again, I, I just, <laughs> I'm just amazed by it, looking at some of the photos. The inside is amazing. So where, how did you get all the uh, decorations and decor and, and, and those types of things? Right. I'm a lifetime collector of antiques, so I've been doing this for a very long time. So I acquired them very slowly over time. Um, the outside is more medieval, but inside it's more uh, French, like Versailles. Mm-hmm. So you kind of combine the two. There, so there's no historic sort of relevance to this. It's just sort of, a, like you said, it looks like an English castle or Scottish castle on the outside and inside more, uh, more of an Italian-European flair, right? Right, yes. So now describe what it's like to stay there. I know you just opened, correct? Yes, I did. But I've been living here for 12, 13 years now. So it, is, it does operate like a and b You live there as well? Yes, absolutely. So if I'm staying there, what's included? Okay, um, I have, I've started with just one room with a pool um, in, for right now because I want to see how, how it goes and if I like it. And the response has been overwhelming, so I'll... We're looking at opening a couple more bedrooms in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, your stay with us includes breakfast, of course, in the morning, afternoon tea, traditional afternoon tea in the afternoon upon arrival. Um, I have uh, a fridge full of beer, wine, and snacks for my guests and shelves with different snacks and chips and whatever they, whatever they want, I will give them. Mm-hmm. They can request anything. And we also offer a candlelight dinner. We bring in a chef in the evening if they'd like that option. And that's all included, right? Um, the candlelight dinner is not included. They paid the chef directly. Okay. It's an option. Uh, and how many people can you accommodate all at once? Actually, I was, I was looking to accommodate four, but it, was, it just wasn't working. So I've just done it for couples mm-hmm. for right now. 
And yeah. so they kind of have the run of the castle, as, <laughs> for lack of yeah. a better term, right? Yes, absolutely. They can use my dining room, my living room, my TV room. They can wander around, sit by the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Describe some of the rooms for me. Okay, the bedroom has um, um, a black medieval four-poster bed. I have a, a very tall, antique 19th century painting on the wall. It's a religious painting. We do collect a lot of religious antiques. Um, and you'll see that throughout the house. Mm-hmm. I also have a, a very grand um, French porcelain clock. It's a reproduction, but it's just like it was right from Versailles. It's absolutely beautiful with bronze mounts and um, hand-painted porcelain. Mm-hmm. And, and so are there other rooms and other areas that people can... Uh I don't know, sit in, <laughs> enjoy? Yeah, absolutely, yes. I have the dining room table where there will be served tea in the afternoon upon their arrival. I have my living room with a beautiful Victorian red sofa. They can enjoy that room. Um, I have, in the summer, there's lots of places and patios to sit in front of the duck pond. I have peeking ducks that, that are free-ranging in, in the front yard so mm. to sit in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a pool, of course. Yes, absolutely. The pool, there's a slide, all the pool accessories. There's two hot tub seats in the pool. We keep it quite warm at 90 degrees, so it's it's very comfortable. Uh-huh. Um, I have robes and slippers, all the pool toys, everything that I think that uh, that a guest would need. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, now the uh, you mentioned the uh, garden area and the pond area. Obviously, in the wintertime, uh, people wouldn't be sitting out there, but in the summertime, it looks amazing. Yes, it's, it's very peaceful, and it overlooks the wetland. It's known as Murray's Marsh, and we have photographers every spring taking pictures of all the wildlife and the birds that come through. They come from as far as South America. It's a migration path. So you see in the fall, you see snow geese and trumpeter swans. It's quite beautiful mm-hmm. to watch the walk. Uh, oh, so, yeah, so what are some of the activities that uh, your guests can enjoy then? Um, they can go for strolls, hiking, bird watching. Um, we can do campfires out in the evenings. You can sit, in the, sit on the patios. They're all lit up at evening on the evenings, so... There's lots of place to walk. We're on 160 acres. We have Andalusian horses that they can visit. I have a petting zoo with ducks and goats and chickens and mm-hmm. yeah. And what's been the feedback so far? And again, I know you just opened, but uh, what's been the feedback so far from your guests? Overwhelming. Absolutely overwhelming. I, <laughs> I have hundreds of emails every day, and it's it's a challenge to keep up. I bet. Uh, now, yes. do you, do you get in costume uh, for any kind of uh, time period? Again, it's, there's no historic uh, relevance to this, but are are your uh, staff in, in in costume? No, but we're dressed in formal attire. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. So tell me about the. There's on your website it mentions a Downton Abbey experience. What's that uh, all about? Well, I love Downton Abbey, and this is as close as you're going to get <laughs> in Alberta if you want to experience something very similar. Of course, it's not as big as High Clear Castle, but um, it's something that I could offer. Uh-huh. Well, it sounds really cool. Again, uh, it's Ryan's Castle, the website, ryanscastlebnb.com, and Barbara Ryan is the uh, owner of Ryan's Castle. Anything I missed you might want to add? Uh, no, I just... Um, 
want to offer something different in this area, place for people to go. Well, it certainly is different, that's for sure. Uh, again, Ryan's Castle, bnb.com is a website, uh, and Barbara Ryan is the owner of Ryan's Castle. Appreciate your time, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, if doing a little more adventuresome travel is one of your New Year's resolutions, the folks at Bike Hike Adventures can help you out. The founder and director of Bike Hike Adventures is Trish Sayre. The website is bikehike.com. And Trish is here now to give us some insights and tips on planning that bike hike adventure. Hi, Trish. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Give me the story of Bike Hike Adventures and how it began. So um, we're entering our 26th year this year, 2020, so that's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. And we started, so when I was 17, my mom died, Um, and that was a pretty, obviously a very big thing in my life, but my mom wanted to travel the world and never got the experience to do that because she was raising a young family, but before she died... She said to me, go see the world. You never know what tomorrow holds. So that was very profound. And I was a, a, I'd never been on a plane. I'd never been outside of Canada. And at the age of 20, I left Toronto, which is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I went on a five-year journey, solo journey around the world, working my way around the world, really for my mom. And... That trip was, it was something that absolutely changed my life. And I didn't make it around the world because I decided I wanted to stay in places that I really loved rather than just moving every single day and only seeing things out of a window. Mm -hmm. And that experience really had a, a deep impact on my life. I, that's, that's the part of bike hike where we are we want to experience the local culture and i wanted to really give people an opportunity to experience what i had experienced so after that had happened i came back to canada 5 years later not sure what i was going to do with my life and i thought well what do i know i know travel so i went to school for tourism and as soon as i graduated i i spent the next 2 years living in costa rica as a a guide guiding adventure trips all over the world. But I knew that I really wanted my own. And after a couple of years of guiding with them, I approached an office in Toronto and I said, look, I really want to start my own company, but how do I do it? And and can I do it with, and like, maybe can you help me? Like, can I do it under your license? So I started with an office in Toronto. I started with one tour I ha- it was Costa Rica, coast-to-coast adventure. Trip number one sold out. So I started four more departures the next year. And then the next year I started four more destinations. And then it just grew and grew by then. And so here you are today. You're traveling all over the world uh, with Bike Hike Adventures, or at least uh, sending people all over the world. Uh, is is there? Um, are you seeing more and more demand for this type of activity, travel? Adventure travel is the fastest growing segment of the travel industry right now. It's amazing what 
what has changed in, in since day one when we first began. In the early days when we first started, I think people felt that they had to be really fit to do adventure travel. And the, just the words adventure travel seemed like it was mountaineering and hardcore adventures. But now there's so many different aspects of adventure travel. Food travel is adventure travel. Wine travel is adventure travel. Biking and barging is adventure travel. So, yeah, there's just... It's opened up in so many different aspects. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's uh, kind of the misconception that uh, people have when it comes to uh, biking and hiking and adventure kind of travel. You got to be fit. How fit do you have to be, really? You just have to. I mean, there are trips that are easy, moderate, challenging, and strenuous. So, if you're traveling on an easy trip, if you can handle a couple of hours of physical activity in a day either on bike or on foot, and know that you can get into a support van if you get tired, then you'll be fine. Um, if you if you're very, very active and you're looking for something really intense, then there's something like that for you as well. But nowadays, on biking adventures, e-bikes have become very popular. So even those who don't feel like they can handle two to three hours of physical activity in a day can use an e-bike. That would be my way of going. <laughs> <laughs> so to describe a typical day then on a bike hike adventure tour. Uh, how much uh, is it broken up? Uh, I imagine when you say two or three hours, it's not all at once. It's broken up. You stop a few places here and there. Am I, am I correct on that sort of idea? Absolutely. That's two to three hours in a day of physical activity. So Basically, we'll start off, usually it will be breakfast at the hotel, and then we usually start by maybe 8 in the morning, sometimes a little earlier, depending on the destination. And then we could potentially either bike or hike to a destination. It could be, let's just use Croatia, for example. We could be guide or biking or hiking to a truffle truffle um, specialty place where we are searching for truffles or we might be going to a mozzarella cheese making place that is family run in Italy and it's been in the family for generations so they're teaching us in a small local environment how mozzarella cheese is made, and but it's we get there by bike, mm-hmm. and then we spend some time there, and then we have a big feast, and that could be either a lunch feast or it could be a snack feast before lunch, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and from that point on we might do the other part of the day by foot, so it could be a hike to get to a different location. And that different location could be a wine tour in Italy, for example. And again, it's a small family-run vineyard that we're learning about the wine tasting and the grapes, or we're wine tasting and we're learning about the different grapes and the the area. And then to our our small family-run hotel for the night. And then there's free time for the travelers at the end of the day. So when you say bike-hike, it can be combined. It's not necessarily all biking or all hiking. Um, So what's included? 
So we include, and just to get back to your other question, it's, it is true. Our trips are multi-sport, so it could be all biking, it could be all hiking, or it could be multi-sport, meaning biking, hiking, rafting, kayaking, something like that. Hmm. And what's included? We include all the equipment, so bikes, kayaks, rafts, should it be some of those activities, all accommodation on a twin shared basis or double if it's a couple, mm-hmm. um, the local guide, a local driver and support vehicle throughout the trip, and um, most meals. And when there's activities like wine tastings or, like I just mentioned, mozzarella cheese making, mm-hmm. entrance fees into different national parks, um, and some of our trips will include internal flights. It depends on the destination and all internal transportation. So when we are going from destination to destination by vehicle, our driver will take us throughout. And now you talked about some of the destinations. You mentioned Croatia, Costa Rica, Italy. What are some of the popular destinations and maybe some of the newer emerging destinations for this year? Yeah, so destinations go in waves. So in terms of popularity, so last year, some of our most popular destinations were Bolivia, Macedonia, Slovenia really picked up last year. Slovenia, we've been running trips in Slovenia for 20 years, and we've really seen an increase in the last two years. Vietnam is always one of our big sellers. Galapagos is a big one as well. Um, And in terms of emerging destinations, I will again say Slovenia, as we've seen it pop, all of a sudden hit, become a popular destination in the last couple of years. For Mm -hmm. so many years, nobody had heard of it. Mm -hmm. Macedonia, the the Balkan countries, I would say Romania is definitely on the rise as well. Um, Bolivia, definitely on the rise. Um, and we're we're really looking to pick up more in the Balkan region because the Balkans are definitely an an area that's unexplored. Albania is one of our new destinations that we started within the last within the last year, and it's one of the most spectacular countries. It's like Italy is. 50 years ago, Mm. and it's just across the Adriatic Sea from Italy. Mm -hmm. How big are the groups, and um, are the the trips guaranteed? Like, if you only have two people, are you still going? Yes. So our our group sizes are from 2 to 12. Our minimum is, because our minimum is two, most of our departures will run on two people. Some would need a, a minimum of four, but two really gets the ball rolling. Well, nice. We have a lot of people who are customizing trips right now. Uh-huh. That is definitely one of the trends. A lot of people are looking for custom custom departures for their groups of friends and family. Yeah, well, it sounds like a great way to travel. It's Bike Hike Adventures. The website is bikehike.com, and Trish, Trish Serre is the founder and director of Bike Hike Adventures. Uh, thanks for your input, Trish. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Mm-hmm. 
And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.